I found that there's you know nothing that allows you to do so many different things at once because I think people think of podcasting as marketing, but it's really many, many different things at once. You're up leveling your network, you're doing professional and personal development, you're learning things that you maybe wouldn't learn otherwise. You get to talk to really smart people and ask them questions that you're curious about. Welcome to the Happy Clients Podcast, brought to you by Dot and Company. Whether you're a virtual assistant, an agency owner, or a client-facing account manager, we all deal with clients. Lucky for you, client management is what we do best. Now, let's dig in, chat cam life, and have some fun along the way. Cheers to happy clients. Well, John, welcome to the Happy Clients Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. I've heard wonderful things, and I'm excited to pick your brain a little bit on podcasting. Why don't you kick it off? Tell us about you, how you got into the podcasting world, because I know it's been a crazy journey for you. So maybe fill us Yeah. Sure. So yeah, I've been doing podcasts for about 12 years now. I call myself a recovering lawyer now because I practiced law for a bunch of years and, and that's actually how I got into podcasts. I had a good client who came to me. It turns out he was a, a serial entrepreneur and started a bunch of companies, some of which had gone public. And I just said, Hey, can I have 20 minutes of your time? I'd love to interview you over the internet, over video Skype at the time. And I said, I'd record it and I would upload it to the web. I had no idea how to do that at the time. And so I interviewed him and it was a lot of fun. And at the end of the conversation, he was like, Hey, that was great. I really enjoyed that. Um, can you help me with some more projects? I got a couple other things you could do. And I was like, Hey, wow. How did that work? You know, I was like, let's do this again. So flash forward 12 years later, I continue to do it because I found that there's you know nothing that allows you to do so many different things at once. Cause I, I think people think of podcasting as marketing, but it's really many, many different things at once. You're up-leveling your network. You're doing professional and personal development. You're learning things that you maybe wouldn't learn otherwise. You get to talk to really smart people and ask them questions that you're curious about. You're developing content, which becomes content marketing, which helps with SEO for your website. They might become a referral partner. They might become a strategic partner. So there's referral marketing mixed in, the strategic partnerships. There's all these different things mixed into it. And at the same time, what I love about it, I'm a give first kind of person. And so I love that it's not, you're not trying to trick anyone into anything. You're not manipulating them in any way. You know, it's just an opportunity for you to showcase the other person, give them exposure. And then, you know, maybe it'll lead to other good things between you and maybe it won't. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. I love that. And I love that your approach, like 12 years ago, that's crazy, but that you asked to interview them. And it just feels so much different than saying, Hey, can I pick your brain? Or, Hey, can I get 20 minutes of your time? You're saying, Hey, can I feature you on my podcast? Or can I interview you for your knowledge? It feels so different. It absolutely does. Yeah. And you know, I mean, podcasting is the medium now, but people have been doing this sort of thing for a long time. I remember it was a couple of years after I graduated from college and I was doing some like freelance writing gigs. And there was this woman that hired me she wasn't a writer, but she was like a speaking coach. And um, she said, this is what I do. I like hire a writer to come in and write an article for me. But then I go and I do the interview. But the interview is really just an excuse to have a conversation with someone who could be a good potential client for me. And she would send me the audios. And then I would take the audio and turn it into an article because she didn't like writing. And, um, you know, I was like, wow, this is really brilliant. This is an amazing strategy. And I would listen to the audios and she was just like 
really getting to know them and weaving in her own expertise. It was basically an early podcast, but that might have been even before podcasts were around. But people have done it in, in other mediums as well. And I have as well. So you could do this with a book. You could reach out to 100 different people and say, hey, I'd love to include you in a book that I'm writing. You could do it with an article. I did it with articles that I wrote for Forbes and Entrepreneur and uh, Huffington Post and all these different publications. What I found, though, is that you know, when I was doing it in that way, like whether it was for a book or an article or something like that, what was off was it took a lot of work to produce the end product after the interview. So like when I, I wrote for Forbes for a bunch of years and at the end of the year, I look back and maybe I produced 10 or 12 of them and it was a lot of work. Yeah. So I shifted things. And when I shifted to doing the podcast, you know, yeah, maybe it's not as effective as reaching out and saying, hey, I'd like to feature you in name drop Forbes, entrepreneur or whatever, right? That's probably more effective. But what a trade-off is, is that you're able to build many more relationships. And as podcasting has been hotter, it's been more acceptable than it was 12 years ago. So people understand what it is now. So you end up, you know, once I really doubled down, I got a really good strategy in place, then it became one a week. So it's like, that's 52 people over the course of a year. You know, if you're strategic about it and you interview the right people, people that you're interested in building a relationship with, maybe you share values with, or if a similar type of business, it could be a win-win between you in some way, then it's absolutely tremendous use of your time. Mm, I love that. And I think a lot of people don't get into podcasting because they're nervous of, are they going to be good on camera? Are they going to sure. be like, are they going to sound natural or... It's a lot of work to get started and then editing and producing it. So yes, what's your recommendation for somebody who might be like, I think I want a podcast, but I don't know where to start. Yeah. So a couple of things. One, on the video piece, you can do an audio podcast, so you don't have to be on video. Uh, secondly, I think we're all used to, because of the pandemic, we're used to being on video on Zoom, and that's all it really is. So I think people are a little bit less worried about that. It can absolutely be a tremendous amount of work. And so we only work with B2B businesses that have a high client lifetime value. So you have to ask yourself, if I get a client out of this, or if I get a referral partner out of this who refers clients to me, what is that worth to my business? And if it has a substantial value, then the best use of your time is to have more conversations, do more interviews, get more people that you're getting introduced to, increase that volume and not worry about the back end stuff. We talk to clients all the time. It's crazy. I mean, I've literally met you know, potential clients or talk to people who, who are doing a podcast and they have like a client lifetime of a half a million dollars or more and they're editing audio themselves or they're reviewing transcripts themselves. You know, if I have that time, I'm going to want to allocate that time to having another conversation, to following up with someone that you've interviewed, getting an introduction to someone else who could be a potential interviewer. That's a much better use of your time. So one of the first things that we do is we help people to really shift their focus and attention towards the things that they should be focusing on and not doing the pieces that they shouldn't be focusing on. And so, you know, I, I tell that to people all the time. And by the way, I'm guilty of this as well, because the first four or five years of doing a podcast, I had brought some people in who are handling different pieces of it, but I was overseeing it all. And so it, it took my energy and attention and I'd get dragged into the process and months would go by where I didn't publish an episode because I didn't enjoy doing that piece. I enjoyed talking to people, but I didn't enjoy that, doing that other piece. And it, it wasn't until my business partner really, you know, and Jeremy, Dr. Jeremy, you've met him before. He was an, a senior producer for one of the really early business podcasts. He put all their systems in place. And I said to him, you got to help me revamp my system. And I went from putting out seven one year to 52 the next year. 
because I was focusing on the right things and not focusing on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do get stumped. Like even people that I chat with who are agency owners are like, how do you like take a podcast and just like, like, how do you find the time to do that? Or how do you slice it and dice it and put it everywhere and things like that? And it's like, you just have to build a good system and have the team members in place to take care of it for you. Yeah. And I say and- to people all the time, like people ask me like, what tool do you use that? What, what software do you use for that? And I say, you know what? I have no clue because <laughs> That is not something I should be focusing on. There's probably a couple of different software that they're using. It probably requires some manual effort as well. My team takes care of that. I'm not getting stuck into the weeds on that because I'm focused on building more relationships with more people. And then as to the time piece, which you raised, people do say that all the time. Like, I'll start a podcast one day when I have the time for it. And the crazy thing is sometimes I talk to people who've been doing interviews in one way or another. Maybe it was on stage in an event, they interviewed someone, or maybe they interviewed someone up for an article or something, and they've gotten clients out of it. So they realize the value of it. But the crazy thing is, you know, look, we are spending time on business development, on networking, or we should be for our business. We're, we're doing that all the time. You, maybe you go to a conference and you're out of the office for three days, four days. You've got to fly, travel over to that location. Maybe you're going to a local networking event a BNI event or a chamber of commerce event or something like that. So we're spending time on these things already. So what the podcast does is it allows you to shift some of that time into something that's a really more efficient use of your time. If, if it's three days out of the office to go to a conference and everything, I'm not saying don't go to any more conferences, but that is a large investment of time. And so if you can shift some of that time and focus it on building relationships, having like a 45 minute conversation over Zoom on a weekly or semi-weekly basis over the course of a year, be really consistent and disciplined about it. That's going to be a great practice. It's going to be a great use of your time. Mm, That's so true. And like 45 minutes is nothing. And then you create this amazing piece of content. You've met a new friend, you've, you know, built a relationship and then that can be used and live on the internet forever. Right. That one to many approach. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, breaking any news here that the world that depends on content marketing now, like if you're not creating content, you're not being found. Look at YouTube, look at the the success of blogs, look at, you know, even social media content is being created right and left. You need to be doing it too. But what's debilitating for so many people is like, oh man, I know I need to do a blog post. You look at their website. They haven't written a blog post in two years. They're beating themselves up about it. Look, don't worry about it. Just have a conversation. Do it over Zoom. Don't worry about your microphone. Don't worry about the technology too much. It's okay. You can figure those pieces out, but just have a conversation. And oftentimes the more cerebral clients that we work with, the more highly educated, they will say to us, I don't even know what to ask. I don't even know what to say. I'm like, you have no problem coming up with things to say. You have (laughs) lots of things to talk about. You've been in your industry for 10 years. You know your industry really well. You can have a conversation any day of the week. So I'm not worried about that piece. There are these different worries, but so many of them, if you break them down, they're overcomable. They're not big barriers. You can absolutely do it. And what is a joy for me is that now we built a team and every day get to help people that maybe for two, three years have been thinking about, oh, I'd like to start a podcast one day, but they have all these barriers in their mind. What's the name going to be? Doesn't really matter. What microphone am I going to buy? doesn't really matter. There's so many different things that they think are these massive barriers and they're not. And then once they get start doing it, you know, we get these wonderful emails or text messages from people saying, 
I just had the best conversation with insert whoever, like, you know, some favorite client that they maybe haven't talked to in a while, or haven't had a deeper conversation with, or someone they met at a conference or a friend of a friend who they've always wanted to talk to, but they've never had an excuse for it. And that is so joyful is to see people do that in a way that delivers value to someone and deepens a relationship. I love that. And a random question that just popped in my head on your podcast that you have, do you have a co-host with you or do you do it solo? Great question. I actually do not. Usually it's just me. I have done ones that are co-hosts and I think that's okay. I think it's okay to Mm. mix up the format. It doesn't always have to be the same way. People ask me all the time or they come to us and they say, "Um, yeah, I'm thinking about starting this podcast with this person who I just met last week, you know? And I'm like, well, the problem with that is that you guys probably have different businesses. You know, if you have the same business, that's a different discussion. But if you have different businesses and you're just friends or friendly or whatever, a lot of those types of shows don't last very long because you have diverging interests. Maybe one wants to get this type of client and the other one wants to get this type of client and they might not align. It might not be the same kind of person. And what ends up inevitably happening is, yeah, it's fun. Maybe you do it for a little bit. Maybe you do it for four months or something, but then inevitably one of you gets busy. The other one gets busy or it's just not producing any results. Like you're not getting ROI of it. You're not getting clients out of it. You're not getting referrals out of it or one of the two isn't. And then that ends up dragging down the process. What I say to do rather if people are thinking about starting a show where they have a co-host is just start it, have it be one of yours, yours or theirs, whoever's. And then you can bring that other person in and have them guest host. But don't make like this full on commitment that this is both of our show, because then if one of you is not available or one of you is getting less out of it and they don't want to put as much time into it anymore, then the other person can keep on going and you can bring them in whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good tip because I know when we started our podcast, I don't think I would have done it if I didn't have a co-host to talk with. Well, that's and helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was mm-hmm. really helpful for me. Yeah. And like, obviously she's not here today and she'll do podcasts without me when, you know, availability things happen. But I just find when it's just the two of us and we can kind of like banter back and forth, I find it really helpful. So yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's great. How long have you been doing it for? Over a year, a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, that's good. You know, there's a lot of them kind of peter out if it's two people just having a conversation, but you do interviews too. I mean, that helps too. The other thing is, you know, sometimes people start a a show and there are exceptions. There's exceptions to every rule. There are some shows that people start and they say, you know what? We don't want to interview anyone. We just want to have a conversation. This is me and my friend. And one that might be a hobby podcast or a passion project. And that's totally fine. That's not what we do personally, but that's fine. Or what ends up being a problem is just you're missing out on the networking aspect to it. You're Mm -hmm. missing out on a huge value of doing a podcast, which is using it as a tool to have a conversation with someone new, someone different, someone that maybe you had a relationship for a long time, but you haven't talked to them in a while and you want to reconnect with them. There's so many ways that that benefits you. So I think just having a two-person conversation, you know, and just limiting your podcast to just that is kind of like fighting with one arm behind your back. You're kind of missing Mm. out on a big opportunity there. Totally. Yeah, I agree. So let's get into monetizing podcasts because I know this is a huge piece of what you consult on and talk to clients about. So walk us through how you talk about monetization when it comes to podcasting and what are the options for people who are just getting started? Sure. So first of all, um, the most important piece is that when people hear that idea of monetizing, a lot of times what they hear, what they think 
is ads or sponsorships. And they think full stop, that's the only option. And that's not the only option. That's one way of monetizing podcasts. You see it when you see like NPR shows or ESPN shows or some kind of well-known like podcasts. And that's a model that works for them. The returns are not great yet. Like we're still moving into the point where they'll make more money from it. But it, I know a lot of people that monetize their podcasts just based on ads and sponsorships. And they'll do it for a couple of years and then they'll give up. They'll just stop, period, because they're not making that much money off of it. Even arguably, you know, Joe Rogan famously a couple of years ago announced he was moving over to Spotify. He was the number one podcaster out there. And I suspect, I, I don't have any proof to this, but I suspect the reason he did it was because it was a large payday. He was the number one podcaster out there. And I don't think that he felt like he was making the money that he should have, even though he was the number one podcaster out there. Mm. And so that's why he risked angering so many of his fans by moving over to a single platform. But I say to people, like, there's a hundred different ways to monetize a podcast, right? So one, if you have a, a profitable B2B business, it's a way to get more introductions, to connect, deepen relationship with existing clients, to meet potential clients, meet referral partners, meet strategic partners. There are ways that you can do, you know, kind of combination sponsorships where you're sponsoring multiple things. So maybe a client pays you for a combination of consulting and coaching, plus some podcast episodes, plus sponsorship at, you know, do something else together and attend a conference together or something. So there's many creative ways in which you can utilize it. You can, you know, use it to save time with client onboarding and you can use it to save time and to speed up your sales cycle. So create a bunch of resources on your podcast where you're sharing some wisdom or you're sharing how you're different or a, a case study or something along those lines and create that as a podcast episode. It's very easy. It's very fast to do. And it's also not viewed as marketing. It's something that you can share with people, a prospect that are thinking a meeting with you or that you have a, a meeting with. You can say to people, you know, if someone reaches out and they want to do a meeting with you, you say, listen to these two episodes. If you have the chance before we do our call and you will be that much more informed in the way that we work. So that's a good one. And then educating your clients so that your clients are more educated once they come on board. You know, you can say, hey, listen to this, check this out. And then they understand more about how you work, what you're going to do with them by listening to that as well. So it's, again, it's smart. It's leveraging your time further. You could create something for your clients that goes behind a wall and no one outside of your client universe sees it, but you could also create something that educates them, but educates others as well. And you publish it as a podcast. Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of doing a lot of your onboarding via your podcast and almost like doing little snippets and maybe short form podcasts for your clients. So when they're becoming a client, like just send them those. And that's a really good idea. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago now we built a client dashboard, which is where our clients log in and they interact with us, upload resources and stuff like that. And there is a knowledge base area, frequently asked questions where we have, like anyone has with their clients, they have questions that come up frequently, right? And so my business partner, Jeremy, and I have a standing time every Wednesday where we will hop on and we will create an episode that will be published as a podcast. We often do it as a LinkedIn Live also. So it's a LinkedIn Live. I will go on our website. It will be published as a podcast. So with a podcast, you have distribution across dozens of different platforms, which is what's really magical about it. You control and own your feed but it can go on YouTube and Pandora and Spotify and you know Stitcher and all these different places. And then in addition, we record it on video Zoom. So we've got a video afterwards. We can take that and then we can put it into the knowledge base for the client. So you've got 
this, you know, one conversation that takes 20, 30 minutes, you address a question that's frequently asked. It helps educate the client so they're satisfied and it educates others as well. And it may bring prospects and clients and referral partners mm-hmm. to you. I like that. Yeah. It's just like, make it easy. The best bang for your buck, get on that call and then just let the team take care of it, which is yeah, honestly the, <laughs> the only way to do it nowadays. Especially if your time is valuable and a client has a lot of value to you, you know, because mm. that's really where your time should be spent. Totally. So are there anyone out there who you'd say it's not worth doing a podcast? Like, are there any niches or specific businesses that you may have seen that just doesn't work well? Yeah. I mean, all the time there are people that come to us and we just don't feel like it's a great fit, at least for the work that we do. One example is if you're starting a new business and you don't have product market fit yet, one, a podcast can be an amazing tool of doing market research. It's a great way of like, you can invite your target buyer, client, customer here, you want to serve, you can invite them onto a podcast and you get to educate yourself about what their pain points are, what their needs are. You can ask them about their challenges that they're experiencing right now. You can get to know them better. You can ask them what they read, what they watch, what resources, where they hang out, what organizations they belong to, who they hang out with. All these things are tremendously valuable if you are in business and you're selling something. Having said that, that process, if you don't have product market fit, what we see a lot of times is if someone's doing a podcast and they're doing it for six months or so, they might have gotten great knowledge. But if they're not getting clients out of it, not getting referrals, they're not getting strategic partnerships, which might be the fault of the fact that they don't have product market fit. It might be not have anything to do with the podcast. It might be just that the business is new. It's not mature yet. Then we see people can get challenged. They can get frustrated. And so I've talked to a lot of people over 12 years of doing a podcast that I see that happen to people. So we don't take as clients, people that are in that stage of business, love that kind of stage of business, love people that are in that phase. We'll support them in other ways, but we don't want to take their money, you know, because I don't want them to do it for six months and then get to the point where they're frustrated and they don't want to do it anymore. And really the frustration is because the business isn't mature enough. So I think the business needs to be more mature in order to be ready for a podcast. And then, you know, of course, if people don't have a business, if they're just doing it for visibility or if they're just doing it for brand building or something kind of amorphous like that, I've seen lots of people do stuff like that and they'll do it maybe six months, maybe 12 months or something like that. But eventually they get to the point where like, you know, this is a heavy lift especially if they're doing a bunch of the work themselves, if they're editing the audio and stuff like that, they just will put it on pause and they will go do something else and they'll never get back to it. Mm. So if those are your motivations for doing it, again, not the type of client that we serve because we see a lot of times they just aren't going to be in it for the long haul. And when you're in it for the long haul, when you do this for two, three, four years, then that's where you really start to reap the tremendous benefits from it. Mm. That's so true. You do have to really like, you have to have a business to talk about on your podcast. And like, we find it easy, I guess, to podcast because we have so much content to talk about. But I can imagine if you were just jumping on with a friend and talking about whatever, it would be really hard to stay in line and stay structured. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there are people that do passion projects that are like about whatever, like The Office or about Mm. different TV shows and stuff like that, you know, Bridgerton or something like that. That's a different game. And that's not even my area of expertise at all. People do that all the time. That's fine. But if you're doing something for a business, then yeah, you really do need to have kind of like a focus and a direction. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, so anybody listening and they might say, Hey, I think I want to start a podcast or I have an idea for a podcast. I just want to see if you guys can help me. Where would you recommend people reaching out for support or to use yeah. some of your resources? Yeah. I mean, rise25.com is our website. You can link to all our different podcasts on there. We've got four internal or our own podcasts that we produce. Smart Business Revolution is the name of mine. You can find it anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And uh, Inspired Insider is my business partner's podcast. And we eat our own dog food. You know, we produce a lot of episodes that are just sharing advice and wisdom and strategy and things like that. So there's a lot of different episodes that are on those different feeds. Rising Entrepreneurs and Top Business Leaders Show are our two other shows, which you can go check out as well and subscribe to them wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. I love it. Well, thank you so much, John, for coming on the Happy Clients Podcast. Hopefully everyone is inspired to go start their own podcast finally. I hope and so. And I hope that they reach out and get your support. So thank yes. you so much again. Thank you, Taylor. Cheers to Happy Clients.